1: We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Today, Viterra announces a multi-million dollar canola crushing plant for Regina. The 2.5 million ton crush plant will be operational by 2024, and we talk with Viterra President Kyle Jaworski. We also have a feature interview with the President of Cargill Canada, which announced a $350 million canola crushing plant in the Regina area last week. That plant will have a 1 million ton capacity. Real Agriculture talks about herbicide-resistant surveys and kochia. We talk with the president of APAS, Todd Lewis, who discusses both the Viterra and the Cargill Canola crush plants announced for Regina. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour.
0: This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley. This portion
1: of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank 306-721-6667. Regina-based Viterra has announced plans to build a multi-million dollar canola crushing facility in the Queen City. Viterra says the annual crush capacity would be 2.5 million tons, making it the world's largest integrated canola crush facility. Viterra president Kyle Jaworski says oilseed crush is expected to continue strengthening in the long term due to demand for canola oil in food, as well as meal consumption in animal feed and supplying feedstock for renewable fuel production. We're very excited to be
2: announcing a world-class facility to be located in Regina, Saskatchewan. This facility would be the world's largest fully integrated canola crushing facility with an annual capacity of 2.5 million metric tons. This is a great opportunity for Western Canadian and Saskatchewan farmers with an outlet that, if it were an export destination, it would be larger than the Japanese market, larger than the Mexican market, and on an average year, it would be our second large, uh, larger than uh, those two, and it would be our second largest export destination.
1: There have been other announcements. Uh, Richardson Yorkton is expanding. Cargill announced a million-ton plant for Regina. Is there enough supply?
2: We're very confident in the Western Canadian Farmer. The Western Canadian Farmer continues to make significant investment in varieties, agronomic practices. We've seen canola acres more than double since the year 2000. On top of that, we continue to improve yield. So there's a a lot of research going into canola. We expect that to continue. And we expect with an, an outlet like this, it will continue to encourage our Western Canadian farmer to grow a large and healthy canola crop to satisfy this demand.
1: Where are the markets?
2: So this plant will satisfy both food and fuel demand for the oil. And from the meal side, it's domestic and export markets. So the food will go all around the globe and domestically. The fuel is more concentrated within North America. In particular, we've seen the recent announcement by the federal government on the Clean Fuel Standards Act. So that will also add additional demand for canola oil that this plant is able to satisfy.
1: You mentioned demand from Japan and Mexico. Also, the Chinese are expected to uh, continue their purchases?
2: Yes. uh, Again, there's strong fundamentals for canola, both locally and internationally. And uh, that's why, you know, you go back to the production side you know, we continue to have confidence that our Western Canadian farmer will continue to increase the production of canola to satisfy uh, markets both at home and abroad. A question I tend to ask is, how do farmers benefit from this? Well, any time that you have such significant demand being added into the marketplace and consistent and safe demand, this, our safest market to, sat, uh, to supply canola is within Canada. So you've got a, a large, consistent outlet for farmers that will be beneficial in terms of pricing and in movement opportunities. So it's uh, it is a great story for uh, for farmers.
1: And you're not disclosing the price at this, the cost of construction at this stage. No, this this is a very significant investment for us
2: that will have long-lasting and very positive. Uh, local and economic benefit. Uh, you know, we're we're expecting upwards of a thousand jobs during construction and 100 full-time jobs once operational. So this is a a very significant investment on our part.
1: And it's to be built near the upgrader. The land that uh, we've
2: been working for a considerable amount of time with the city is uh, located just north of uh, the city of Regina, which has excellent uh, road and rail access. So we're uh, we're very happy with the site that has been selected. We'd like to thank the city and we'd like to thank the province. And there's a lot of factors that go into a locational decision. And would like to thank the province for the investment in the bypass, which allows us to access
1: canola seed from all areas in and around Regina. Kyle Jaworski is the president of Regina-based Viterra.
0: Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you
1: by Prairie 6-inch eaves troughs. An inch makes a big difference. Prairieeavestroughs.ca. Cargill Canada has announced a 1 million ton canola crush plant for Regina at a cost of $350 million. It was announced last week. Cargill Canada President Jeff Vassart says construction is scheduled to begin early next year with the plant operating by 2024.
3: Yeah, it's a really exciting story. And for us, you know, it really does start with ensuring that we've got the supply that we need to run, to run a plant of that magnitude. And farmers in southern Saskatchewan have proven to consistently produce high-quality canola that's needed for a plant of the size that we see um, increasing demand for canola products. And so there's certainly the, the farm supply side of it, uh, but then also Regina is also a great source of talent to be able to run and staff a plant of this size as well, too.
1: I understand uh, it will employ 50 people?
3: Yes, that's correct. And then through construction, there'll be considerably more at different phases of the project.
1: When does construction start and when do you hope to have it in operation?
3: We're targeting uh, to get construction started early in 2022 and then be fully operational in early 2024.
1: Now, you're also expanding Clavette, and there are other plants being expanded, notably Yorkton's plant. Are you not worried there may not be enough product for your new facility?
3: No, we've got a pretty high level confidence, Jim, that, you know, farmers will continue to invest as long as they've got the tools that they need to grow increasing quantities across Western Canada. I think if you look at the Canola Council projections, you know, their target is to grow production up to 20 or 20, or excuse me, 25 to 26 million from the existing 19 to 20 million ton crop that's grown annually right now. So we believe, you know, that there will be more than enough canola as long as farmers have the the tools that they need to be able to grow the crop.
1: Are you thinking Canada also may expand, like the European Union, into using biofuel? Canola works well as a diesel additive or enhancement.
3: Yeah, we as Cargill, you know, with international customers in food, feed and fuel markets, we see strong demand, you know, in all three of those areas. But certainly the technology advancements, you know, to create renewable diesel directly from you know, vegetable oil products like canola does certainly increase the demand for canola oil, you know, much more rapidly than maybe what we've seen over the last number of years through, you know, blending with biodiesel. And so we see significant demand in all three of those areas and quite exciting opportunity, I think, for farmers.
1: What markets are showing this demand? Name a few countries for me. Farmers always like to know just where their product's going to.
3: Yep. Yeah. On the food side of things, You know, we continue to see strong demand from traditional partners like China, Japan, Mexico, and certainly the U.S. as the largest trading partner. Um, On the on the fuel side of things, you know, domestically here in Canada, there's demand, but significant growth anticipated as we look to the U.S. uh, marketplace as well. Too.
1: What about China? We hear a lot about China buying a lot of grain recently.
3: Yeah, we envision that China will continue that trend. Their recovery. It has been uh, stronger maybe than initially anticipated coming out of the pandemic. And so the next couple of years looks like very strong demand from China on a number of different fronts. And certainly vegetable oils and canola will be a part of that growth as well.
1: It's a million metric tons. Are there any thoughts of making it even bigger or will there be room for expansion? It's going to
3: be designed almost as a twin to the plant that we built uh, and opened a few years ago in Camrose. And so, uh, nameplate capacity will be a million tons, but certainly when you build a facility that you intend on operating for fifty plus years, you design it in a way that allows for expansion in the future as well too. And that's some of the growth that we're also announcing, both at Camrose and the Clavette facility as well.
1: The basic question, Jeff, I I like to ask is, how do farmers benefit from this?
3: Yeah, it's a it's a great question, and you know, I think for farmers, you know, having increased options you know, for market access of their products is good and increased competition is good for them. And so there's just going to be that much more demand for what they produce. And I think that's always a great thing for farmers to have local domestic processing like that, that gives them assured demand for what they're producing. I think, you know, you've covered it well. We're quite excited. Um, We think it's great, you know, opportunity for Saskatchewan. We think it's a great way for Canadian agriculture to really demonstrate how we can come out of this pandemic and this significant role that, agriculture and food production you know can play in our country.
1: Jeff Vassart is the president of Cargill Canada.
0: Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This
2: is your RealAgriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at CanolaSchool.com.
3: Here it is. And I have here with me Charles Geddes who is a research scientist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. We are here today to talk about some of the herbicide resistance surveys he has done with kochia. So, what are what are some of the things you can tell me about it?
4: So, so kochia, it's uh, it's one of the first weeds to emerge in the spring. So, um, there, there's been reports of, of say eighty percent of the kochia population emerging before any other species in the field. So, it's uh, by now, it, it's um, we're we're sitting at early April and, and it's probably emerged already. And if it hasn't, it, it will be soon. Um, so that's one thing to consider. Um, but the fact that the that a large amount of the population emerges early um, also means that there is a lot of pressure that's put on the pre-emergence herbicide. So it, it's really important to to make sure that that the uh, um, pre-seed burn down um, herbicide is uh, is appropriate for the population that's in the field, right? So a lot of our survey work now is is showing that uh, it's more likely than not, if you have kosher in the field, it's probably going to be glyphosate resistant. Um, So it's important to make sure that that you're using other alternative modes of action um, to help manage those kosher populations. Um, And then the other thing to consider also is is layering those modes of action that you'd be using either pre-emergence or pre-plant with your post-emergence herbicides used later on.
3: Now, do you want to talk a bit about uh, what you found with closure resistance? Uh, where where are we at across the prairies right now?
4: It uh, basically the the way that our surveys work is is we we do sort of a single province each year. Um, so um, the last the last survey of Alberta actually was was in uh, twenty seventeen, and then the the next survey is coming up this year. Um, but in twenty seventeen. Um, The survey found that uh, 50% of the kochia populations that were tested were glyphosate resistant in Alberta. Um, And then also the uh, group 2 resistance has been around for quite a while since since the late 80s. Um, So basically we consider all kochia populations in Western Canada resistant to group 2 herbicides. Um, But more recently, um, one of the emerging issues with kochia is auxinic herbicide resistance or group 4 herbicides. Um, so currently um based based on the, the the last survey of alberta anyway um we're sitting at about 18% of kosher populations that were tested were resistant to dicamba and then some of our um newer research on those populations it's also showing that uh, that there is some resistance to foraxpyr as well um so those those would be mainly used for post emergence herbicides in in small grain cereal crops
5: so, preventative
3: measures. Is there anything we can be we can be doing to make sure that resistance really doesn't get out of control, like it might have really have done with
5: glyphosate? Yeah,
4: for sure. So, especially especially with kosher, like it, it comes down to crop competition, right? So, um, kosher produces a large amount of seed, up to a hundred thousand seeds per plant, and it's the plant is is quite plastic as well, right? So, it 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 will. Uh, it will adapt to, um, competitive environments. But part of that adapting is actually sacrificing seed production as well. Um, so our, our research, um, or our field research has has shown that, uh, Anything you can do to promote a competitive crop um, will go a long way to help manage kochia, especially so one one of our field experiments, for example, is looking at a uh, wheat canola, wheat lentil rotation. And uh, within those rotations, we're either using wide row spacing and recommended seeding rates versus narrow row spacing and double the recommended seeding rates. And, um, it's, it's visually, visually obvious that the differences, um, in the competitive environment there, um, and we're seeing over time that, uh, that the, um, greater, um, the, the rotation that has uh, greater competitive ability. So obviously narrow row spacings, higher seating rates is, is well outperforming that, um, with wider row spacing and recommended seating rates. So, um. Some of our some of our other field research again is look, is looking at uh, at how do we how do we integrate um, sort of optimal herbicide programs in with um, with diverse crop rotation right? so.
2: This has been your real agriculture update. You can find out more about this
0: issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source, 620 CKRM. The official
1: 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, partly cloudy, the high 14, winds up to 15 km per hour, the low minus 2. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, wind west 20, the high 16 for Tuesday, the low plus 1. Wednesday, cloudy, 30% chance of showers, the high 12, the low 0. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high 15, the low 3. Friday, partly cloudy, the high 20, the low plus 4. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high 20, the low plus 4. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high near 15 degrees. Normal high for this date 15, the normal low, plus 1. Sun rose at 5.42. This morning it sets at 8.10 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now, 14 degrees in Prince Albert. The cold spot, further north, Uranium City at minus 12. Estevan is plus 8. Saskatoon is 12. Swift Current 8, Weyburn 7, Yorkton 8 degrees. Regina, cloudy in 7, that's 45 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south, southwest at 10. Humidity 69%, the dropping 100.7. Fog in Moose Jaw, 6 degrees. Winds are from the south, southeast at 11. Once again, Regina, uh, scattered clouds, kind of cloudy. 7 degrees, that's 45 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment.
0: This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan
1: Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers mcdougalauctions.com and brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer is just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. APAS President Todd Lewis says the announcement of two major canola crushing plants for Regina is good news for farmers. Viterra announced today a 2.5 million ton canola processing plant for Regina for an undisclosed amount. Last week, Cargill announced a one million ton crush plant for three hundred fifty million dollars. Lewis's farmers will benefit from increased competition and demand for their product.
6: Well, it, it sounds like world world class and maybe the world's largest. So it's, uh, yeah, it's quite an announcement, especially when you pair it with the uh, Cargill announcement last week. There's going to be a lot of canola coming, uh, you know, into the into the crush and and uh, not being uh, put on rail cars and and shipped to other other places. So. It's uh, pretty big news and you know, really it's it's a good news story for producers and uh you know, as as time goes on, uh you know, the idea of uh seeing your canola go onto a rail car and have to get moved into Vancouver or you know, or other other ports far away from landlocked Saskatchewan, the more we can uh, process here the better. So what's the best ways
1: farmers benefit from this?
6: Well, I think you know, we've got two uh companies that are gonna be competing for our uh our products. There's also been a Major announcement in uh, in Yorkton of an expansion of the plant there. I believe that was Richardson. So you know, I think it goes to show the the industry is recognizes that canola is going to be a growing growing industry, and the the product that doesn't matter if it's the crush or the oil, uh, both have a have expanding markets. And you know, it really, is a Canadian success story. And uh, always remember, canola was invented in Saskatchewan. So I think you know, we've seen seen it uh, really change our economy, and uh, it certainly. Seems like it's going to uh, continue with that
1: can it mean higher prices for producers
6: competition's always good and and uh so you, you know it's just the old economics 101 if there's competition for a product it usually does result in, in better prices and uh, certainly takes away some of our reliance on uh, offshore customers as well if we uh, end up processing this, this product in saskatchewan uh, you know issues like china and uh, some of the the things that have, have happened in the canola trade may have less an effect in the future.
1: Is there room for this much expansion in the canola crush facility?
6: Oh, I think so. Farmers are, are fairly adept at, you know, changing their uh, practices to uh, meet demand. So if the, the price is there and the and the opportunities there, uh, rotation is going to be important. But we're also seeing, uh, you know, better genetics and uh, increasing yields at the farm. And producers have made those investments, be it in uh, new technology you know, new air drills, uh, better agronomic practices. So, no, I think uh, Saskatchewan producers can rise to the challenge and, uh, you know, feed all these plants,
0: especially if it's economically sustainable.
1: Todd Lewis is the president of APAS and Farm Southeast
0: of Regina. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan
1: Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And by Canadian AgriBlend. Ask for the livestock products at your feed dealer or for a feed dealer near you, call 1-800-340-2311. Canola and other commodities, posting another strong week on the markets last week. Canola for last week, the whole week, was up $53 a ton. Spring wheat jumped $0.47 cents a bushel. Errol Anderson at ProMarket Communications in Calgary has a theory about why that was happening. He calls it a grain liquidity rally.
7: Central banks have been pumping so much money into these markets that it's gushing into various assets sectors and certainly the grain markets are a target as well and it's just like a tide that's moving the ocean up but we're feeling the the tide moving up on all these commodities now the talk is this is a big inflationary push uh, the trick here will be is if these prices can hold now if they if they do hold this is truly inflation if they don't hold then this is just the bubble but right now these markets simply are going higher um, on the canola side and the soybean side uh, we're also seeing dryness in Brazil and that's adding to this rally and it also reflects how China's heavy influence um, is turning surplus markets in the past simply into empty shelves and because of that uh, this market uh, we believe just hasn't Really hit the top yet, which is incredible to say. The May soybeans uh, right now, you know, they're well over fifteen dollars. They're fifteen thirty-two on the May right now. Uh, looking at the May canola, it's it's pushed above eight hundred and eighty dollars a ton. The new crop uh, November now is approaching seven hundred dollars a ton. So um, we're we're witnessing history right now but certainly it's a factor of empty shells and a liquidity rally that's in process.
1: Anderson was asked if the rally is short-lived.
7: Well, it's gone far higher than I ever imagined. And uh, certainly until the market will be very, very sensitive right through the spring and and right through summer on weather, until they see this crop and basically approach the bin, uh, the market will be on edge. So the only way that we can take this market off highs of some degree is if market feels comfortable or suddenly the Chinese do stop buying. But right now, China's been an active buyer. Uh, they've been actively buying buying on the new crop as well, so they're really not showing much let up at the moment.
1: That's Errol Anderson with Pro Market Communications in Calgary. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And brought to you by Sask Pork. Saskatchewan's growing and vibrant hog industry creates economic spin-offs and career opportunities in our rural communities. Find out more, visit saskpork.com. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Canola fell 440 at 755.37. Number one red spring wheat went up 524 at 318.39. The rest were unchanged. Durham 299.46. Feed barley 267.68. Flax 697.63. Lentils 705.47. Oats 209.53. Yellow peas 383.70. Feed wheat 238.84. The Minneapolis Spring Wheat May futures are up 24.5 cents at $7.50 a bushel.
0: It's the Livestock Reports on The Source 620
1: CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes.
7: Heartland Livestock Market Report. Johnny Peacock reporting from Swift Current Yards. Cow market on Tuesday, very active, probably a touch higher. We averaged ninety cents straight through in all the cows we sold. A lot of the veteran cows at ninety-two to ninety-five. If they had some grain in them, ninety-eight to a dollar two, and not even up as high as a dollar four. The bull market tops at a buck twenty-five. We have a lot of good bulls in a dollar fifteen to twenty range. Into the feeder cattle Thursday, our DLMS direct internet sale off the farm. We sold a couple loads of 800-pound British heifers, right at 8, bring 168.50. And that's the way it is in cattle country, heartland swift current.
1: Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices.
5: Ham sold 4,600 hogs Friday, selling a range of 231 to 246 per ckg. Today's sales are expected to be around 8,600 head, selling a range of 231 to 245 per ckg. 100 index hug prices for the week ending Saturday, April 24th are Woolly West 2020 contract, 233.20, wooly West 2021 contract, 240 even, Maple Leaf Sig 4, 228.55, Ham's Cash, 226.55, Thunder Creek Brick Co., 223.79, High Life Cash, 244.09, and Highlife Contract, 244.58 dollars per CKG. Cash log price today is mixed and four contract prices opened higher this morning. On Friday, the Canadian dollar was up seven basis points with the daily exchange rate at 1.2489. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 80.68 cents U.S.
0: Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley.
1: Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg and SMHI. Farmers get your hail insurance coverage with Municipal Hail at an RM office or direct online. Farmers insuring farmers, municipalhail.ca. The Ministry of Health is reminding residents of Saskatchewan to take precautions against hantavirus as weather warms up. The Ministry says the risk of contracting hantavirus is low in Saskatchewan. However, hantavirus can be contracted by breathing contaminated airborne particles from the droppings of infected mice. Antivirus can cause a rare but potentially deadly disease and exposure most often occurs when cleaning up enclosed buildings or equipment that have been in winter storage. Symptoms usually start within one to six weeks of exposure and include fever, muscle aches, cough and headaches. To avoid exposure, ventilate buildings before cleaning, use wet mopping, wear a mask and gloves and avoid dust. Since 1994, 36 cases of the rare pulmonary syndrome have occurred in Saskatchewan with 12 fatal cases. On the markets, the TSX is up 46 points at 19,149. The Dow has dropped one point at 34,042. Oil is up 10 cents at 62.24 a barrel. And the Canadian dollar is up 44 one-hundredths of a cent at 80.59 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada.